0: Hello and welcome to Dream City Omaha. My name is Vince and I want to thank you so much for joining us here today. If this is your first time, please let us know by texting WELCOME to 402-383-1874. Now sit tight as service is about to begin. This morning we are going to begin a new series. We're, we're going to begin a series entitled Reborn. Somebody say Reborn. Reborn. Now, I told you at the beginning of the year that this was a re a re year, right? Like, to re is a prefix which means to come back to or to do again. We've we've talked about refocus. We've we've looked at these re words that that we feel like God is speaking to us for this year. and And over the next few weeks, I want to talk about this idea of being reborn. Now, if you have been around evangelical circles, you have probably at one time or another heard the the phrase born again. That's really what we are Talking about. Are you born again? Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. Well, what kind of Christian are you? Are you a born-again Christian? And it's kind of one of those, one of those qualifiers that is used in, in evangelical circles. And so, so today I want us to, to talk about this idea of being reborn or born again. Really, it's if you want to get theological, it's it's the idea of regeneration. And it's where God comes and produces new life. In us, he, he gives us new life. And just as in the beginning, God breathed breath of life into Adam's lungs and from the dust he created man. So also in us, God breathes life into us. It's this regeneration. It's this new life that we we really see throughout the New Testament. We see it in in the Gospels. We see it in the writings and the epistles of the Apostle Paul. We see it in 1 Peter. We see it in 1 John. You can't read the New Testament without reading about this new life that is available to us in Christ, but it requires us to be reborn or being born again is what gives us access to this new life and so so that's what we're going to, to be studying that's what we're going to be looking at today really wanting to lay kind of a, a theological foundation so that we're all understanding and operating from the same from the same place what does this mean and then over the next few weeks I want us to look at well what does that look like what does it mean to be born again and then, what does that look like in my life? If, if, if I've been given new life in Christ, what should, what should the evidence of that be in my life? Just to give you an idea over the next few weeks of where we're going. We first find this idea in Scripture, though, in the Gospel of John. John chapter 3, Jesus has a conversation with a religious leader a man by the name of Nicodemus. And, and Nicodemus, the Bible tells us, is, is a Pharisee. He's, he's of the, the elite class in terms of Judaism. He's, he's in the elite class in terms of the, the religious leaders and the religious teachers. Jesus actually refers to him as the teacher of Israel. So this was, this was somebody who knew his stuff, he, he knew the law, he knew the word, he, he knew what he should be doing and he was adamant about doing that. He wouldn't have attained that status had he not been obedient to every aspect of the law and still this man comes to Jesus with questions. You can think you know everything but until you know Jesus, you really don't know nothing. You can have all of the information. You can have all of the knowledge. You can have, have all of the book smarts that you want. But if there is no personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's all for, it's all for nothing. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus in John chapter 3. But to set the, the stage, John chapter 2 tells us that Jesus is in Jerusalem He's probably been there for a couple of weeks at this point because chapter 2 tells us he got to Jerusalem to prepare for the Passover. That time has has passed, and, and as custom, Jesus would have stayed there for the Passover and the feasts and the celebrations and everything that would have could have would have preceded and, and come after Passover celebration. And so, so Jesus has been there for probably a couple of weeks at this point. And at the end of chapter two, it tells us that he performed many miraculous signs. And because of these signs that Jesus performed, that many believed in him. Many trusted. In him. We're not told what the miraculous signs were, but we can infer from Jesus' earthly ministry that he was probably healing the sick. He was probably casting out demons. He was probably causing the, the lame to walk, the blind to see, the, the deaf to speak. That's what Jesus was doing. And as a result of these, many, it says, believed in him. But it goes on to say that he did not believe in them. That many trusted in Jesus, but Jesus didn't trust in them. Why? It says because Jesus knew what was in their hearts. Jesus knew what was going on on the inside. Man looks on the outward, but the Bible says that God looks upon the heart. And so there are these people, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a matter of their faith being shallow. I don't know if it was a matter of them wanting to believe in Jesus for the wrong reasons. We're not told what that is, but we are told that many believed in him, but he didn't believe in them. And it's with that, that background, it's in that context, that Nicodemus comes to Jesus. In John chapter 3, we're going to pick up the story. And here's what the Bible says, that there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Now, a lot of people will say that Nicodemus came after dark because he, he didn't want anybody to see him talking to Jesus. As a religious leader, as a Pharisee, I wanted to do this in in quiet. I wanted to do this in private. I don't want my buddies to know that I'm going to talk to Jesus. I don't want anyone to know I'm going to church. And, And a lot of people will say that, and that could be the case. We're not told why he came after dark. Maybe he just had a lot of Pharisee things to do that day, and he couldn't get off until after dark. And it was like, well, now I can go see Jesus. We're not told explicitly why, but we know that he came in the evening time and he came to speak with Jesus and he says, Rabbi, we all know, who's we all? Again, using chapter two as our context, we all, those of us who have seen the miraculous signs, those of us who have seen what you've done and and we've believed in you, we all, we all know that God has sent you to, to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So, again, we all have seen your signs. We all have seen what you've done. We all believe that that God has sent you, and we all believe that you are a teacher. We all believe that you are a good man. And look at what Jesus' response is in verse 3. He replies, Jesus does, and he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, that wasn't the answer to Nicodemus's question. In fact, Nicodemus hadn't even posed a question. Nicodemus starts the conversation with saying, Jesus, we recognize you're a good man. We recognize you're from God. We recognize that you came to teach us. We all... We all believe that to be true because of the signs that you've done. And Jesus says, okay, enough, enough with the small talk, enough with the pleasantries. Let's just cut right to the heart of the matter. And let me ask the question that you're posing in your heart that maybe you haven't verbalized yet. He says, I tell you the truth. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. And Nicodemus is like, that's not even what I asked. But how did you know that's what I was wondering? Here he was, a a religious leader, a teacher of the law, the teacher of Israel, it says. And he still had questions about how how do I get to heaven? How do I make sure that I'm a part of God's kingdom? Because the law wasn't enough. The law couldn't do it. That's why Jesus came to be the fulfillment of the law so that we could have access to new life and be born again in and through him. But Nicodemus is in his heart wondering, well, what must I do? What must I do? Because I've kept the law. What must I do because I've I've obeyed the commandments? What must I do because I've offered all the sacrifices? What else must I do? And he's wondering this in his heart and Jesus cuts right to the matter. He says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into, see now Nick wants to go birds and bees with Jesus. Because up until this point, the concept of rebirth and, and and new life and new birth and being born again, that was, that was not introduced to them at this point. It was a new concept to them. And so when Nicodemus hears, you must be born again, his immediate thought is, but how is that possible? Jesus, we know where babies come from, right? How is it possible for... For an old man like me to go back into my mother's womb to be born again. And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. See, the first time Jesus said, you can't see the kingdom of God. Now he says, you can't enter the kingdom of God. God's kingdom is something to one day be entered into the fullness of his kingdom in heaven. But the kingdom of God is also something that we can see here and now. Jesus taught the disciples, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there is a kingdom to be entered into one day, but there is a kingdom to be seen here today. The kingdom of God, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is simply any place where a king has rule, reign, or dominion and authority over. So if, if I'm the king and this is my kingdom, that means I have rule, I have reign, I have authority in this area. God's kingdom is anywhere that he has rule, he has reign, he has authority, he has dominion. Does God have authority and dominion over your life? Does God rule and reign in your life? Then you should be seeing the kingdom of God at work in your life. This week I had the opportunity to to have a hard conversation with, with a group of people. And, uh, and there was a situation that had come up and and there was miscommunication and misunderstanding and and both parties had gotten hurt and so it was one of those things that that like listen we need to we need to get together if as a parent two of my kids are fighting and they're mad at each other then we need to get together we need to figure this thing out and so we called these parties together and it was a conversation based on on race and racial situations and so called them together and one of the one of the concerns I heard going into this meeting is that I've had these conversations conversations at work, and they've never ended well. And my thought was, well, we've had these conversations under the authority of the kingdom of the world, a kingdom of selfishness, a kingdom of division, a kingdom of of envy. Of course, they're not going to end well, but if we can come together and see God's kingdom which is a kingdom of love and a kingdom of reconciliation and a kingdom of humility and a kingdom of forgiveness, then that conversation should end differently in God's kingdom versus in the kingdom of the world. Are you following me? And so we had this conversation and we left that conversation with a better understanding and a better relationship than we had coming in. Why? Because we see God's kingdom as members of God's kingdom. I look forward to the day where I will enter the fullness of his kingdom. But as a follower of Jesus, I better be seeing his kingdom in my world. Amen? Yes. Amen. And so, so Jesus, Jesus says, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven without being born of water and the spirit. He ends this thought by saying humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must born again. You must find rebirth and be reborn. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray today that you would speak to every heart. God, speak to every life. God, speak to each and every one of us, those of us that are that are here in person. God, those that are watching live online right now from from Washington and North Dakota, Texas, Missouri, all over the place. God, for those that are going to be watching later during the week, I pray that wherever we find ourselves, that you would speak directly to us. We thank you that we have access to new life in you. We thank you that we can be born again and not born of flesh, but be born of spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 This morning, I want us to to answer three questions. I'm I'm gonna talk about three questions, the the what, the why, and the how, okay? So, So first, if you're taking notes or you're following along in the Dream City Omaha app, first, what does it mean to be born again? Secondly, why do I need to be born again? And then third, how do I gain access to this new birth or, or how, do I, how do I enter into this new life that Christ has made? First of all though, what, what does it mean? What does it mean to be born again? If I were to, to give you a, a definition, a very simplified and potentially oversimplified definition, here's what I would say being born again is. To be given new life from the father, by the work of Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Very simply put, very simply stated, what does it mean to be born again, to be given new life from the Father? So the Father comes and he's the one that brings and gives us the new life by the work of Christ because of the completed work on the cross and because Jesus rose again, which we celebrated last week. That is what gives me access to this new life. And it's through the power of God's spirit that he makes that possible. Yes. What does it mean? That's very simply what it means. Again, this isn't something that we only find in John chapter three and in Jesus's conversation with Nicodemus, but we find this throughout the New Testament. Paul in 2 Corinthians, and I don't have these in your notes. And so if you're following along in the app, you might wanna write these down. But Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter five, he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Some translations say a new creation. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter writes, and Peter says, It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Again, by the work of Christ and through God's 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 power, uh, through the, the work of resurrection, we have been born again. Again, Titus chapter three, he saved us not because of works done by us in our righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration, just rebirth, being reborn, and renewal of the Holy Spirit. To to be born again means that the old John is gone. That's what what it means. So so being born again doesn't just mean that I have been converted. Being born again doesn't just mean that I believe that That Jesus was a good teacher. Being born again doesn't mean, doesn't even mean that maybe I prayed a prayer one day. To be born again means that that I have I have died to myself the old way of thinking, the old way of doing things, the old habits, the old patterns, the old behaviors, the old mentality. All of that is gone with John, the old John. And God has breathed new life into me. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is leading me each and every day in how to live that new life. Giving me his word as instruction and his spirit to enable me. That's what allows me to live this new life in Christ. That's, that's what it means to be born again. We pray a prayer, but then nothing changes. Then I would question, is the old really gone? Well, I don't want to go to hell, so Jesus, please save me. Okay, that's fine. That's part of it. But in and of itself, that, that is not enough. Right. Because that's what Nicodemus says. He said, look, we all believe. You can believe in him and him not believe in you. That's what John chapter two said. Right. Because of the signs and wonders that Jesus did, many believed, but he did not believe. It's the exact same word. In the original language, those that believed in him, he did not believe in them because he saw what was going on in their hearts. You can come to church. You can sing the songs. You can go on mission trips. You can give to the mission trips. You can, you can do all of the things. And yet when God looks at your heart, does he believe and does he trust in you? Being born again means that that old is gone and now I have access to The new life. Again, over the next few weeks, as we talk about this new life, I want you to understand that salvation is not the end. When I'm born again, yes, my my sins are forgiven. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm given the promise of of eternal life in him. I have been saved. I have been redeemed. I have been born again. I have been made new. That is not the end. I think a lot of people, when they give their heart to the Lord and they they experience this new birth. They're like, okay, well, I got my get out of hell free card and now I'm going to go. Like we're playing Monopoly. Can I, just, can I just advance to go and collect $200? Is that, is that what happens next? No, because that's, that's not the end of the story. The same way as in the natural, when you were born, that's not the end of your story. That's just the beginning of it. Right. When you are reborn in the spirit, that's not the end of your journey. That's not the end of your story. That's not the end of your experience. That's just the beginning of it. And as in the natural, when somebody is born, things begin to change and things change quickly. So also when we are born again in the spirit, there needs to be change and things need to progress and things need to move on. So why Paul wrote and said, listen, I wish I could give you spiritual meat, but you're just spiritual babies and I can only give you milk right now. As, as a baby in the natural, when you are born, the only thing you can process is milk. And then you move on to nasty baby food, which is like, I think that's like the weeding out process. Like if you can eat this, then, then you'll be good. We, we go from milk to, to baby food and then we go to, what do we do after that? Like hot dog. I think that's like the next, the next natural step. You go from you go from Gerber to Oscar Mayer, like that's the next that's the next jump that is taken. But there's this progression that happens, and it's marked by experiences. and And baby has has his first steps. And I remember watching my kids take their first steps. I remember hearing my kids take to speak their first words. And and I remember them eating their first steak. And I re- All of these firsts that we experience in the natural, it should be the same in the spiritual. We shouldn't just come and get saved and like, okay, now I'm born again. Now I'm made new and I just get to stay the same as I am now. No, you're not supposed to be a spiritual baby for the rest of your life. There are things that should take place. If in the natural things didn't take place, we would know something was wrong. My kid's not speaking, my kid's not eating, my kid's not growing, my kid's not whatever the case may be. Something needs to be addressed here because something is is not right. In the spiritual though, why don't we do that? Come on. I've been saved for 30 years and I've never led anybody to Christ. Is there something that I'm not doing? I've been saved for this long, yet I still... Struggle and fall into the same things I did 20 years ago. Is there something that's wrong? My life looks the exact same as it did before I found Jesus. Is there something I'm not doing? Is there something I'm missing? And the answer would be yes. It's the new life that comes through Christ. Yes, there is this rebirth experience, but this, this point of being born is so that you can live. The point of salvation, yes, is to one day make heaven our home, but it's also to see God's kingdom come here and now. To walk in it and to live in it and to experience it in all of our our exchanges and all of our situations. What does it mean to be born again? It means to be given new life by the Father, because of Christ and through the power of his spirit. Why do I need to be born again? That's the second question. Okay, Pastor John, but why? like why why is this important i think jesus answered that question very clearly in verse number 3 of his interaction with nicodemus i mean jesus jesus said it himself he said unless you are born again you can't see the kingdom of god unless you're born of spirit you can't enter the kingdom of god there there is no kingdom access for you unless you are born again why do we need to be born again because being born again means given access to life. And the alternative is the opposite of life, which is death. Now I don't know about you, but I don't I don't want to die, I want to live. Right? Like I, I want life. I want eternal life, and I want life more abundantly in the here and now, which is what Jesus said he came for. I want to walk in that in that newness of life and in that fullness of life with the promise of eternal life, and the alternative of that is death here and now, death in the future, and eternal death, which is separation from God. I don't want that to be my outcome. I want to live in the fullness of what he has, and so because of that, I need to be born again. Not only will your sins lead you to death, but your sins are causing you to live in death right now. Ephesians chapter two, Paul writes, and he says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. We want to quote the the scripture that, you know, the wages of sin is death. And we quote that scripture and that that just simply means that the the result or the outcome or what I get for my sin is death. And we, we, we think of that in looking forward to this eternal separation from God. But but Paul writes and says, no, when you were sinning, you were dead. You might have had breath physically, but spiritually, you were dead. You were dead in your sin, and you were dead because of your disobedience. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. He goes on, verse 8, but God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, Nicodemus. Salvation is not a a reward for all the things that you know and all the scripture you can quote, Salvation is not a reward for having your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds at the end of it all, no. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and no man, nobody comes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the gate. And unless you enter through me, you won't see and experience the kingdom of heaven. Why do I need to be born again? Because without it, all I'm living in is death. Yep. Death in my mind, death in my spirit, death in my soul, death in my heart, death in my relationships, death in, in despair and in nothing here and now. And yet I have access to so much more if I would just be born again. If I would just allow God to come and do this regeneration work in me. I don't want death, I want life. The Bible says that it is appointed once for man to die, and after that, the judgment. It very clearly tells us that each and every one of us, one day, will stand before God and give an account for every word, every deed, everything that we've done. And unless we have been born again, unless we have relationship with Jesus, unless we have this new life that has been made available through Christ, he will look at us and say, depart from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. Or we can choose the alternative. We can believe, we can accept, we can repent, we can go to to God and say, God, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I don't want to live dead in my transgressions and dead in my sin, but I want the new life that only comes through you. So would you come and be my savior? Would you come and be my Lord and help me to live this new life you've given me? And if that's the life that we live, then when we stand before God, it's not that our lives will be perfect and it's not that we haven't made mistakes and we haven't messed. Up, But what happens is through the covering of Jesus Christ, when God, the father looks at you, he won't see your mistakes. He'll see his son hanging on the cross, taking the punishment for your sin and say, enter into my kingdom. Come on, let's party forever. Hello. Like that's, that's why, because one day I want to get there and I want to have relationship here and now, and I want to have eternal relationship forever with him. Why do I need to be born again? Because the opposite is so much worse. And not just for eternity, but but here in this life as well. I want a rich and I want a satisfying life. I want an abundant life. I don't want to be miserable in this life. Hello. You don't have to be miserable. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to walk around with anxiety. You don't have to walk around with fear. You don't have to walk away in bondage. You don't have to walk around in darkness. Why do I want new life? Because in this life, I don't want to walk in darkness, but I want to be a child of light because I don't want to walk in bondage, but I want the freedom that he's given me access to because I don't want to walk around in fear because I recognize that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind because of all the promises that I have available to me as I live this new life, I can struggle and I can try and make it happen on my own and I can, I can try and work it all out. But listen, when I've tried to work it all out, I've just made a mess of everything at every opportunity. And yet when I read God's word I have access to his promises. I have access to his fruit in my life. I have access to his power through his spirit. I have access to, to all of these things with this new life that comes in Christ. How how do I experience this rebirth? John chapter 1 verse 12. John chapter or 1st John 1:12 says this. It says that to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. There again is that that idea, that picture. Children of God, born of God, being born again through the Spirit. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. Come on, Jesus. But a birth that comes from God to all who believed him and accepted him. How do I experience this rebirth? Nicodemus came and said, We believe you, and Jesus says, But do you accept me? So what Nicodemus said, we all, he says, we all believe. We all believe in you. Jesus says, but do you accept me? We come to church and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you, but do you accept me? Accept you as what? Accept you not just as savior, but accept me as Lord of your life. Well, does that, what does that mean? It means I'm your master. Because that word Lord, it's, it's a word that we don't like. I don't, I don't like using that word. We don't like hearing that word. We don't like thinking that we have, we have an owner. We have a master. But that's what the Bible shows us. He says, the Bible says that, that your life is not your own, that you've been purchased. He paid a price for you, and that price was the blood of his son. My life is not my own, but if I accept him as my Savior, or if I believe in him as my Savior, I also have to accept him as my Lord. And with one who has a master or an owner, I can't do but what the master or owner tells me to do. That means that my opinions no longer exist. When I have a Lord, that means that my desires mean nothing. When I have a master, that means that my wants go away. And now it's not about what I want, but what does the master want? It's not about what do I desire, but what does my Lord desire? It's not how can I serve myself, but how can I serve my Lord? Yes. It's not about me anymore, but it's about him. Okay, if that's what, if that's what it takes, then this whole believing and accepting. See, see, part of accepting Jesus as my Lord is recognizing and repenting of my sins. Yeah. The word repentance in the Greek, metaneo, it means to change one's mind. Means to means to, to be going in one direction and literally to change your mind and to begin moving in a new direction. I can't accept Jesus until I stop walking this direction. I'm living in my sin. I'm dead in my sin. I'm dead in my transgression. I'm a slave to my sinful nature. Unless I repent of my sin, as the Holy Spirit brings the conviction, I repent of my sin, I change my mind, which is a change in action, And I turn from my sin and now I say, God, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. Help me no longer to live according to my sinful nature, but would you bring this new life and help me live according to the Spirit? We see it time and time and time again in the New Testament. We see it as we read and study his word. But how many of us are living lives like that? Living lives experiencing the fullness of new life, the fullness of being reborn, fullness of being born again, born of his spirit, turning from my desires and turning from my sin. James chapter 1 tells us that, that each one of us is tempted when from our own evil desires we are enticed and dragged away. And it says that those desires give birth to sin, And sin gives birth to death. See, it's the same same metaphor. It's the same analogy. There is something being born. I can choose to either walk in the fruit that produces and births death in my life, or I can repent, accept him as my savior, and walk in the fruit in what produces life in my life. The question is yours. Will you believe and will you accept? It's not just enough to believe we have to repent. In Acts chapter two, Peter steps out on the day of Pentecost. He preaches and he tells them, repent and be baptized to change your mind, to go in the opposite direction. If we are going to accept Christ, it means that we are no longer living according to our sinful nature. But God, may I live according to your leading. Why do I need to be born again? Because I want life. I don't want death. I want the fullness of the life he has for me now, and I want eternal life in the future. What does it mean? It simply means that God comes down, he breathes new life into me, and the old is gone. God, help me to live this new life for you. How do I do that? I believe and I accept. over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what does that look like? As I live that new life, as I walk that new life out, what are those markers that I should be Looking for and experiencing stand with me this morning we're gonna we're gonna pray we're going to dismiss again this morning was very it was it was theological foundation it was making sure that we're all operating and, and understanding from the same same spot but I also want to recognize that that maybe there are some in this room or some that are watching online that haven't experienced this new birth that haven't repented, haven't turned from their 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 sinful nature haven't Turn and there's still, maybe you're still dead in your sin. Maybe you're still walking in the fruit that is produced from your sin. Today, the the good news of the gospel and the hope that we all have found and and have access to is that there is, is, is new life to be found in Christ. That I don't have to stay over here, but if I believe and if I accept. I can be born again. I can be given newness of life. I can walk in the promises of God, walk in confidence rather than in fear, walk in in joy rather than anxiety and depression and hopelessness, walk in the fullness of life that he has for me. I don't have to be confused any longer because he's given me a new identity in him as we access that new birth. If you're here and you haven't accepted him as your Lord, maybe, maybe you're like Nicodemus you say, Jesus, I believe, but maybe I haven't been living for you because I haven't accepted you as my Lord. Today, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. Wherever you find yourself, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? And if that's you, you say, Pastor John, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and as my savior. I wanna pray with you. Would you do me a favor though? I just, I wanna know who I'm praying with and who I'm praying for. If you're here in person, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor John, that's me. Would you pray with me today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna gonna pray a very simple prayer. The Bible says that that anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, that our names will be written into his book of life. And so today I'm I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. Just ask that you would, if you raise your hand, just pray this prayer, pray it from your heart. Church, help us pray today. If you're watching online, pray this prayer with us today. Just say, Jesus, thank you so much for giving up your life so that I could find new life in you and through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today I confess and I repent of my sin. I turn from my old ways and I accept you, not just as my savior, but as the master of my life. Give me new life in you and help me to live it out, not just today, not just tomorrow, but every day and every week and every month from this day forward, for the rest of my life. Thank you that while I was dead in my sin, Christ, you died for me and gave me access to new life in you, in Jesus name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer. God, I pray that, that you, would, you would continue to, to reveal, continue to, to make yourself known to them God, help us as a church to come alongside them and to encourage them and to equip them and to train them and to to disciple them and to to, to help them to, to walk and to live in the newness of life that you have purchased for each and every one of us. God, we rejoice in that. We thank you for that, God, that we're no longer dead, but you have breathed the breath of life into us, a newness of life. Help us to live that life for you each and every day. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. At Dream City Omaha, we're all about helping each other do three things. Discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. Please check out our past sermon series or online discipleship classes. And don't forget to hit subscribe and the bell for notifications on all of our latest videos.